for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Listen, I, Paul, am telling you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Once again, I testify to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obliged to obey the entire law. You who want to be justified by the law have cut yourselves off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. Give us this sense uh, that we are uh, reconciled in Jesus Christ, that we are to be the church as one body, that we are to come together in the love of Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit. And so we have been looking at what does it mean for us as the church to live our life in the Spirit, to be people of God's Spirit in the world. So today we come to this letter of Paul to his church in Galatia. And these Galatians, they're wanting to go back to the law. The Galatians are saying, you know what, if you want to be a Christian, you're also going to have to follow the Jewish law. And Paul is saying to them, hey, Christ has set us free from the law. You see, uh, in first century Judaism, there were three things that you had to do if you wanted to be right with God, if you wanted to pursue righteousness. You had to be circumcised if you were a man. You had to keep the Sabbath day holy. And thirdly, you had to follow the letter of the law. Whatever people told you the law was and the rules were, you had to follow it to a T. Without doing those three things, you were not right with God. That was the law. Then Paul says, but you know what? Jesus Christ has come. Jesus Christ crucifixion and resurrection has set us free from the law. The curtain in the temple was torn. We have access to God. Now we are not judged according to the law that we keep. The law does not give us salvation. The law will not bring us to righteousness. The only thing that will bring us to that salvation is faith in Jesus Christ working through love. Now, listen, Paul is not condemning the Jewish faith. He hasn't, like, turned from persecuting Christians to now persecuting Jews. He's simply saying this. If you have come to believe in Jesus Christ, then you can't follow the law anymore. Jesus has set you free from the law. That's what Jesus is all about. And to be free from the law is not uh, the opportunity to do anything you want to do. Right? Uh, I'm sure we've all heard people who have said, hey, I'm saved. 
Therefore, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how I live because I'm saved and Jesus is going to take care of me. No, that is not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is Jesus Christ has set you free from the law and all the problems and all of your sinfulness and has said to you now through faith, you have to live the life of love. You have to live a life that follows the teachings of Jesus. You live a life that expresses and lives in a way that Jesus lived. It's a life of of compassion. It's a life of kindness. It's a life of healing. It's a life that makes a difference in the world. It is a life of love. That's what we are called to do, and that's who we are called to be. So in other words, trying to live according to the law doesn't make sense when Christ has set us free. Now, let me say, of course, that when we uh, have little children, we're obviously going to teach them right from wrong. That is part of the human developmental process. That, you, you know, you, you say, don't do this, do this instead. And this is part of keeping them safe and helping them grow up in a good way. We understand that. But think about this. If that child is taught rules and do's and don'ts, but that child isn't loved and nurtured, if that child doesn't feel safe, that child is simply going to grow up to be a bitter, judgmental person. They are not going to understand that faith working through love is the key to how we live our life. If you have the faith in Jesus Christ and you're living according to the love of God, you are going to express things that are healing. You are going to express kindness. You're going to express generosity. You're going to express compassion. You're going to live your life in a way that says I love because God has loved me first that's that's what Paul is trying to convey that there's a place for the teaching of how we should live but the heart of it is once you know Jesus Christ by faith you have been set free and now you need to live the life of love but here's the thing people (laughs) So many of us who are Christians are no different than these Galatians. So many of us who are Christians want to go back to live according to the law. We don't want to live according to all of the uh, Jewish law, just the ones we like. But, But we always, we want to create a box that says here's where righteousness is found and those who aren't like us or don't do what we say are outside of the box and are not worthy of God. We do that today all the time. We create boxes and say who's in and who's out. In ancient Judaism, what were they doing? They were saying, here's the box of the law. If you are a woman, you are outside of the box. You're not worthy of God. If you have leprosy, you're outside of the box. You're not worthy of God. If you have eczema, you're outside of the box. You're not worthy of God. If you touch someone who was dead, you're outside of the box. You're not worthy of God. You see, they had created a box that was always separating and pushing people outside. And Paul says, ah, but the only thing that matters in Jesus is faith working through love, of reconciling, of bringing together again and again and again. But you and I, 
want to build boxes again. Now, I think this happens in two different ways. So the first way is the church likes to build boxes and go back to the law. I want you to think about how many churches say, if, if you smoke, if you drink, if you dance, you're going to hell. Do you really believe that God is going to send you to hell for dancing with your, your, your partner on your wedding day? Come on! You know, God is not going to... These are human things. This is going to... Oh, my goodness, you danced. You are outside. You are unworthy of God. That is just downright plain ridiculous. But this is what we do. We try and put these boxes and create laws that say, if you do this, you will earn your righteousness. No, the only way to righteousness is faith that is working through love. The other way, we build these boxes. Oh, my goodness, historically churches have done this. They just, if someone makes you uncomfortable, if someone is different from you, if someone isn't someone you like, you create a box that puts them on the outside. So for generations, African Americans weren't fully human. They aren't worthy of God. Women weren't fully human. They aren't worthy of God. You go right down the line again and again. We create boxes. Indigenous people, not worthy worthy of God. People who don't dress like 17th century English people, not worthy of God. You think God made those rules? No. Those are churches putting up boxes saying, here's who we are and you are outside of God's righteousness. But the only thing that matters, the only thing that counts is faith working through love. So uh, let's just be honest. That's what's happening today in the United Methodist Church. We've created another box, and we've said sexuality, oh, that's going to put you outside the box because you aren't like me. And guess what? Take a look at Jesus. Jesus wasn't married, didn't have kids, and that was really out of the ordinary for a 33-year-old man back in the ancient world. Jesus didn't say anything about that. Jesus was always welcoming and bringing people in and reconciling and healing and making whole. Jesus said the church is faith working through love. And we create boxes. You know, for me, it makes no sense. And this, you just got to understand, this is, this is my thinking after all these years, is why would you, when, you're, when someone is called into ministry by God, why would you ask them about their sexuality? Why wouldn't you be asking them about their gifts? Why wouldn't you be asking them if they love Jesus Christ? Why wouldn't you be asking them about their faith? Why wouldn't you be asking them about the things that bring the kingdom of God into our midst and reconcile and make whole? We're always church creating boxes. And I have to say, the people who have been such strong advocates to disaffiliate, I haven't seen faith working through love. I have seen bitter, spiteful, argumentative, disruptive, uh, tearing apart behaviors that weren't loving in the way Jesus Christ loves. Therefore, I am committed to one thing, and that is by faith in Jesus Christ doing everything I can to love. 
to love anyone and everyone as God loves unconditionally. God doesn't care who you are. Jesus ripped the curtain in the temple that kept people from God and said, all of you, this cross is not for some of you, this cross is for all of you. I don't care who you are, come to me. The only thing that matters is faith in Jesus Christ and trying to live a life of love. So the first thing we do is the church itself creates boxes. And sometimes those boxes carry over into our personal lives. Sometimes it's not the church, but other things that carry over into our personal lives where we create our own mental boxes that say, I'm not worthy of God. God will never love me. We create boxes of fear. We create boxes of regret over the past. We create boxes where we are so resentful of someone who done us wrong in the past, we can't live outside of that bitter box. We create boxes where someone always told us you'll never amount to anything. We create boxes where people have said no one will ever love you or you're ugly or you were bullied in high school or in junior high or whatever. When we begin to live in our minds in those boxes that say you are not worthy of God, but the only thing that matters is faith working through love. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter what people have told you in the past. Christ has set us free, and until we can be free of those boxes, the fullness of love cannot work through us. So, recently I saw a couple episodes of the Netflix series, Queer Eye. Now listen, it's the seventh season, and it was the first time I'd ever seen this show. Some of you maybe have seen it, but there are these five gay men who remake the style and the look of of a person and remake their house or or their home or whatever, Uh, and, and they don't it's like they don't discriminate. It could be someone who's living out in the country or someone who's in the city. It could be a man, could be a woman, gay, straight, old, young. Just someone who something has gone wrong in their life where they don't love themselves, where they think their nose is too big, they think they're too fat. And, you know, these guys are always saying, Honey, you're beautiful. I wish you could see yourself the way I see you. Or, You've got a gorgeous figure. You know, it, it's, they're constantly affirming and building up and making the people see themselves as God would see them, in a sense, by saying, No, you're worthy and you're loved and you're beautiful exactly as you are. It doesn't matter if you're old and have wrinkles or if you're young and you think you're fat and bullied. God loves you. People love you. You're beautiful just the way you've been made. So there's this episode about Miriam, who is a 65-year-old woman who spent 12 years in prison for the charge of obstruction of justice. She had seven kids and could not see those kids grow up. 
And when she got out of prison, she started helping other women who'd been in prison to find a life when they got out. But what she says is, when you're in prison, they create all these rules for you. They say to you, don't look anybody in the eye. You can't have any things. You can't make any decisions. You can't hug anyone. And you live your life like this, in her case, for 12 years, you get out. Your body may be free, but your mind has not gotten free. She says you continue to think you can't make choices. You continue to think you can't hug people because it's gotten so ingrained in who you are. You may have done your time, but you're still living as if you're a prisoner. So she works on what she calls decarceration trying to remind people that you are loved, that you are worthy, that you can reclaim the life that God has given you. You've done your time now. Be the person that God has created you to be. You see, this is true for each and every one of us. The biggest thing we have to deal with in our lives is our own self is the ways that we tell ourselves we're not worthy of God, the way we tell other people that we're not worthy of God, and all the time Jesus is saying, I love you, I have set you free, you are worthy of God, you are worthy of me, now go and love the world. People of God. Jesus Christ has given us freedom. Freedom to be a human being that is beloved of God. Freedom to love God and to love others. Freedom to have a direct access through the Holy Spirit. And the only thing that matters is the depths of our faith in Jesus Christ and the love that is unconditional and infinite and is seeking to heal everyone and everything. People of God, for each of us, the only thing that matters, the only thing that counts, is our faith working through, expressing itself in the world as love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit,